0: Welcome to the Discovering Our Scars podcast, where we have honest conversations about things that make us different. Our mission is to talk about things you might relate to, but that you don't hear being discussed in other places. Our hope is that you're encouraged to have honest conversations with people in your own life. I'm Steph. And I'm Beth. On today's show, we're gonna have an honest conversation titled The Weight of It All.
1: Then we'll share a slice of life and the show will close with questions for reflection, where we will invite you to reflect on the conversation in your own life. So Beth, how did this conversation come up? So we've been hearing a lot of people talk
0: about their pandemic weight gain as if it were their freshman 15. That's yeah. so sort of like in the ethos that, you know, this this year plus of um, of shutdown and of disruption to schedule has produced weight gain for some people. And so we're going to talk about the weight of it all.
1: Yes, such a clever title. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I actually, I had noticed that I was gaining weight, but I didn't know that that was like a global... Thing phenomenon. <laughs> conversation, yeah, which it makes sense. Um, but the first time I heard somebody talk about it, like the the COVID nineteen in the sense of like wait like a freshman from fifteen, I was like, oh, okay. It's not just me. But uh but yeah, so I think we're gonna talk about that and just kind of that whole conversation kind of go there. In one of the Facebook
0: groups that I'm in, um, it's actually just for United Methodist pastors who are moms. Very specific hmm. group you'd be surprised how many of us there are. I, I am surprised how many of us. Are. Anyway, um, a couple of the, of the women there were saying like, oh, yeah, I went to wear my favorite pants now that church is back in person a little bit and they don't fit anymore. You know, like just not even, not even realizing um, the changes maybe that have happened in the last year. So how do you feel about this conversation, Beth? I don't really want to have this conversation, (laughs) but, but, uh, one of our things is to talk about things that make us uncomfortable. And so we're going to talk about this, even though I am uncomfortable with it because I am an overweight person. I'm a plus size woman. I have been overweight my entire life. There was a very brief period about around a decade ago. I'd have to do the math where I did a medical weight loss program and I lost a hundred pounds and was still overweight according to the chart, but was like, to look at me, I don't think people thought that I was overweight. So that, but that was the only like brief period in my life, that couple of years where I was on that program that I was not overweight. What motivated you to do that? I was motivated to do it then because I didn't want to be the, the fat mom in the class. Mm. So I didn't want my kids to be embarrassed about my body shape. Hmm. But that wasn't motivation that really stuck. It doesn't seem like that's enough. Yeah, it really wasn't enough. It was a reflection of my own discomfort with how I think people see me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't for health reasons. Even now, I don't have issues with blood pressure or anything like that. I had had um, a back problem and had 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 to have a back surgery, Mm. but even even that doctor didn't say it was related to weight. He was like, yes, sometimes discs just slip out. Like, what are you going to do about it? But I did. I mean, when, when my weight was down, it was easier to move. And I felt comfortable when I once I felt more comfortable with my size, I was able to join a gym and I did that real regularly. And so in that way, I was, I was doing the things that it seemed like people said made you healthier. I just didn't see any difference in my actual health results with Mm -hmm. my physician
1: Mm -hmm. so you your motivation was like the was the way you thought people perceived you yeah did people tell you that's how they perceived you or this was literally just all your your assumption of how they were perceiving you
0: it was all my assumption I have never been given a hard time about my weight there was one person in elementary school I'm not going to say his name. <laughs> oh, of course it's a he. <laughs> but I remember his name and I remember him. And he was the only person who ever commented on it in elementary school. Cause I was, I was the tallest and I was the broadest. Mm. Um, anyway, by the time we were in high school, he weighed more than me. So maybe that was a clue. Maybe he was kind of clued into my weight because it was an issue in his own mind. Yeah. And I wasn't aware of that as a kid. Like who, how would I yeah. know? But yeah, so people have never given me a hard time about my weight. The There were some funny things that happened when I started losing weight. Like everybody was really proud of me and happy for me. Like this is just the best thing ever that you're going to be a different size. And I could shop at different stores and I really like that. That's the one thing that I really found was a benefit was, oh, I have a, a bigger selection of places that I can shop. And I love to buy clothes. I love to shop. And when I got down to what was pretty much my my smallest stable size i which i'll just say it was a size 14 and when i am a size 14 i look thin which is not apparently a normal thing because i went into a store and was like looking for a pair of jeans and when i told the salesperson what size i needed she said oh a lot of people wear that size oh, they really do and and so we're just we're just sold out of it but you shouldn't feel bad about that size because it's really not it's really a lot of people are that size and i'm like what? Woman, I'm proud to be. Wow, <laughs> like, I've worked hard to get to this size. So yeah, uh, so those are the kinds of things that happened. It was more like this weird, yeah. not negative reinforcement, but because that wasn't. I-, I don't know. Nobody commented about my size when when I was heavy, but people made comments about it as I was losing weight. Yeah,
1: and I've actually seen that too um, with. Within my own life. So I was a large kid, like I was a large kid and I, I'm pretty confident it was based on me really enjoying food and the foods that were not the best for me. We went, food's amazing. Well, we went to McDonald's a lot as a kid (laughs) and my mom has been harassed by me many many times about me saying why do we always eat there it was cheap and we didn't have money okay and it was we it It was was easy yeah Um, And you liked it i still remember i was uh, still a kid and i remember one day asking if i could get a big mac and she said yes and i thought my world had opened up because i always got a kid's (laughs) meal and she's like sure and i was like i just had to ask what that's when I learned you just ask things. People could say no, but they might say yes. Um, and that didn't help anything to start getting Big Big Macs from kids' meals. But anyways, um, I was a large kid, and no one told me. You know, no, typically, and like you said, like no one really gave you a hard time for it. And I think that's great. Like that's not like that stereotype that you see in um, like shows and you hear like all those negative like um, – like being um, bullied in things for your weight, that didn't happen to me. I'm definitely not saying it doesn't happen at all, um, but that didn't happen to me. So I didn't know I was overweight. Looking back, like at pictures, I'm like, whoa, I was like, that's how I know. Um, but and my parents never made me feel bad for it, never like did anything. So I've never actually like really had a weight issue. Um, but I know when I got to like high school, I started to realize I wanted to make changes. Um, For myself, I wanted to feel healthier and I wanted to eat the foods that are, you know, energizing for me. And um, my mom also did as well. And so we actually started just eating healthy, like the stereotypical foods now that I know, like, you know, aren't the best for you, but that's the things that they tell you are, are good for you. Like, first of all, I hate yogurt. Mm. And like, I thought that I had to eat yogurt. I, ha- I don't like dairy really. I just yeah. don't like dairy. And that was one thing. Like I would force myself to eat yogurt cause it's healthy for me. And I'm like, <laughs> it is not. Why am I forcing myself to eat this? Um, so, um, I don't eat yogurt anymore <laughs> or milk or any, any dairy. And I am not a huge fan of ice cream, but I'll eat it. I mean, it's fine. Um, I mean, you know, if push comes if to shove, there's show. a lot of stuff in it and I can't taste ice cream as much. It's fine. Um, but uh yeah so i i really like in high school and start of college like and for me there was some reason like i didn't want to be that stereotypical freshman 15 i didn't want that i was like i am not going to gain weight and i'm going to i'm going to be my healthiest self in college and i was like i was very strict with what i ate Um, not in the sense of like i wasn't restricting calories or anything i was just um i was eating the right foods and that you know that you're told to eat. Um, I was a vegetarian for like a year because I had a college professor that just convinced us that that was the way of life. And I finally was just researching. I was like, "It's not. We need protein. We need animal protein. Like that's why am I restricting myself?" And so I am not a vegetarian anymore. Um, but I, I do believe in healthy healthy proteins. Um, and it, that is an important. So yeah, I've always felt, I I don't know, like there were most of my life, I kind of felt like a larger person. Hmm. And I think um, when I think about it, though, like I, no one ever said to me that I was and I don't think like people would typically like look at me and be like, oh my gosh, you're you're so overweight. Like, I don't know that that people say that. But I, I have kind of felt that because as a child, I was larger and I've kind of like been. I don't know. That's still like constantly like in my mind. I'm like, oh, OK, I got to, you know, I, I got to be be healthier. I guess for me, like I just didn't feel like when I look back at pictures, I didn't feel like I was healthy at that time because I know what I was eating, things like that. Um, But and, and I have gone through like where I I typically eat well. But during the pandemic, I did like that was something that I was like. I'm going to allow myself to eat what I feel like eating because there was so much stress. I mean, there still is, but it's not as bad. Uh, there was so much stress, so much going on that I was like, you know what? I am craving a pop tart. I'm going to have a pop pop tart, and so I have allowed those um, those things back in. And I have noticed, like, I have gained weight. Um, but the biggest thing for me is I had a physical maybe a couple of months ago, and I was like, oh my gosh, my number is going to be off the chart. Like, you know. There was nothing that was concerning. Like, all of my blood work came back normal. There was no concerns uh, from my doctor. She didn't mention anything about the weight gain, you know? And so, um, and so, like, but. As somebody that puts herself on video for for work, I make, right. <laughs> I make uh, do-it-yourself videos. Um, I, it's very noticeable when you have to edit yourself. Like I'm editing videos of me now. And then like we're doing some like videos of like, you know, one year later videos of projects we've done. And so I watched my, the video a year ago and I'm like, oh, I looked different. Um, but I um, so I've like been struggling with like, OK, I need to get back to eating really well which i do think it's important to for me to eat foods that are energizing and good for my body uh but i i've kind of like eased up and realized like i don't need to be so restrictive and i just i need to know me and i need to make choices when i'm ready to make choices like i have been trying to go back to eating well and um and realizing I'm not ready mentally to do that. And that's okay. And so I've um, and and I'm still not ready mentally and that's okay. And I'm not like coming down on me because I feel like I don't know in my life, no one has, no one has been telling me you need to, oh, you're overweight, you need to do this. It's me telling me this and it's no society one, to yeah. telling me this. No like, one is telling you that, including your doctor. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, you know, and I don't, I can't even think of times when my doctor has, has really even mentioned it. Um, because
0: you're not overweight. When you, when you look at your videos that like the comparing last year to this year, where do you carry your weight? Cause I don't see it on you at
1: all. Like, do you notice it in your face, in your arms? Um, I notice it in my face and um, I carry it in my like stomach area. Yeah. For me, like I do feel a little, uncomfortable because my clothes are tighter and so that is a motivation for me it's not like oh i want to look the same way like i look then it's more like okay i can really see it yeah that's probably why you know there's times where i feel a little bit more comfortable but um but you know what i'm i'm okay with it and i'm not i'm not judging myself and i'm not um you know just coming down i'm like you know what i mean i, I also don't like um i don't like to have a stark difference in weight weight within our videos like right. if you look back to our beginning we were doing um whole 30 which was a great way of us to kind of re-educate ourselves with um with food like re remind us like the right foods to eat but we were way uh, like you could significantly see how much um less weight we had back then versus now and i just don't love that you could like watch a video from like three years ago and be like oh my gosh she looks so different, but that's just maybe people aren't saying that. Right. But I notice it when I watch videos, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that person like looks way different now. Well, you uh, even try to keep your hair the same length. I do, for that yeah. Reason. So yeah,
0: yeah. I can, I so can I don't see where love, that would
1: be. Yeah, I don't love the variation. So basically, I kind of like want to find a weight that fits and like stick with that because I don't like that kind of that fluctuation but you know what i'm a human being i was gonna say but, <laughs> what like, if,
0: but what if some fluctuation is just part of
1: being human i know right i this know normal i know it's yeah <laughs> and and i almost and i don't even really care which size like honestly like i like doing whole 30 because it helps me like be very strict with um my eating and helps me like stop craving sugar but i don't like how much weight i lose like i honestly don't and that's w- one of the struggles for me is like is eating healthier, I feel like I look too thin and I don't really like that. I like where I look a little more like me, I don't know. Well, actually what you were talking about where when you were losing weight is when people mentioned your weight to you. right? Right. That was also what my point was gonna be is when I was, when me and my mom were really strict to Whole30, people would mention it. And I hate when people mention my weight you know, even in, cause they think they, cause I think people think it, that it's socially acceptable when you're losing weight that you can be like, go girl, right, you can do it. Right. I don't, I'm not intentionally losing weight. I'm eating, I'm eating healthy and I, the weight is a byproduct, and I don't want you to mention that because to me it's so um, superficial, the weight part of it. And well, so I really, I don't like when people mention that. So that's part of also like my struggle is like, I don't want people talking about it. One of the most embarrassing moments
0: I ever had was mentioning weight to someone. So I, um, really lovely woman, really such a kind woman, older. And I went up to her at church and I said, um, you have, you have really gotten thin is, is that on purpose? And she said, no, I have stage four lung cancer. And I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. this is not weight loss to be celebrated or in any way uh, glorified because this isn't even what she wants. Right. It's just, so I do think that, that, um that even I have made that mistake, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, part of this, I think are, comes to us from, we have this like cultural fixation on weight and I don't think we have good tools to know what is a healthy weight and what is an unhealthy weight. And also if we make it all about weight, we're really missing the bigger picture. So, um you know, if you look into the origins of like the BMI, the body mass index, which is sort of um well, I mean, it's used a lot even in terms of being able to get the COVID vaccine before it was open to everybody. If you had a BMI that was a certain number or higher, you were considered high risk for COVID and you could therefore get the vaccine. But it turns out that BMI is like this non-scientific formula that was created in the 1800s by a mathematician, right? It's not actually created or, or like researched by modern day scientists. Uh, So it's just, we kind of latch on to these tools that maybe aren't as useful as we think they are. So I don't know if we really even have a good way to define when someone is overweight.
1: Well, I mean, I think what you just said is like, you when you go to your doctor, your all your blood work is good. There's like no concerns about heart issues and things like that. Like to me, that is that's the numbers we need to focus on and not, you know, the weight of it all. To me, that's why it's like it's crazy that we mention weight and stuff like that is something between you and your health is between you and your doctor. Like that's not between us to discuss unless you bring it up. Like I've had friends that bring up that they're like working on losing weight and they're feeling better. And I'm like so encouraging if someone brings it up. I will talk about it. I will, you know, be encouraging (laughs) for sure.
0: Because you would be that way no matter what they were working on. If somebody was like, I'm really ready to work on my mental health. Amen. You should do that. I'm really ready to work on my physical health. Yes. Let me support you in that. Because it's their own decision to do that. But I think we're a really, I think that I really do think that we're kind of fixated on body size um, in, at least in the US, maybe in all of Western culture. I don't know. Uh, But I see it a lot in terms of. Of friends I see it a lot in terms of like clothing ads and and all of it is sort of justified under this assumption that to be a smaller size is to be healthier yeah and I'm just saying that I don't know that that's necessarily true
1: oh I mean think back to like the the 90s when it was in style to be like bone thin oh Ally McBeal yes I mean in they're Bless you your
0: know, heart your <laughs> heart. I mean, yes.
1: And you know, so many of those women have come forward and being like, I had an eating disorder. Like I never ate and mm-hmm. I was super unhealthy. It's like, uh, like they've created like America has created this culture of like, this is healthy. Well, is it that, I don't know. Was don't it know that it's, it's healthy, healthy or is it that it's attractive? Yeah. Is that, I think it's more like this is attractive and you, you want to be attractive at all costs is like the, was the concept mm-hmm.
0: And and you want to fit
1: into this one idea of what is attractive, yeah. And it doesn't matter if it's healthy. Like I think I don't know that
0: people, right. but but I think that we, but I think it gets wrapped up into this. Ju- I think the justification for it is that to be smaller is to be healthier. Yeah. So I do think that they're related in that way. So it's it's almost like there's this cultural idea that being attractive means you have this one body type that basically is flat with few curves, maybe yeah. some surgically enhanced curves here and there. Um, and then how do we justify that body? So- oh, well it's healthier. This is healthier. Yeah. And not at all, <laughs> but even, even if it's not. Yeah. yeah. And when I, as I've been looking into this, um, there's like, there's a whole movement about fat phobia and to stop fat shaming. And it's, it's really interesting as a, as a fat person, it's interesting to like see that and to learn more about it. And one of the things that I learned is that in medical schools, they don't use cadavers that are more, that weigh more than 200 pounds or that are taller than six foot one. And some of that's a mobility wow. issue to be able to move the body around. But the result of it is that doctors get out of medical school and they go into a hospital setting or a or, or medical practice setting and they're dealing with a whole variety of body types. But the norm that they have been taught on is one particular. Body type, or one—it's a smaller body type than than like mine. Yeah. So then they encounter somebody like me, and they're like, "Oh, she's abnormal. She's not like everything yeah. I saw in medical school." And it's like, actually, wow. Huh? I'm not so abnormal. So how tall are you, by the way? Well, I used to be five ten, but yeah. then Did now I'm five nine. Yeah, because of that back surgery, I lost. Oh, yeah. oh wow.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Goodness, I didn't know you had back Which surgery. Which
0: affects your BMI
1: a lot. Yeah. No. <laughs> What, um, because yeah, it's
0: a calculation of height and weight. Yeah.
1: What, uh, when did you have the surgery, the back surgery in 2008 and you've been good since
0: every once in a while I have, um, I have like muscle spasms in my back, but I actually don't think that has anything to do with the surgery that I had. So, so you mentioned whole 30. I don't really think of that as like a quick fix, but I do know that there are people who use it that way. It's like a sort of quick start waist, weight loss thing. What are some other what are some things that you would think of that are like fad diets or and I have to say when I was growing up, my parents, they were both overweight and they tried so many things. I watched them try so many different diets and powders and, you know, just really trying to to manage how we all ate, how they ate um, with very little success. Do you think they were just focused on the weight and not the health? I think for them it was both. But. But my dad was also a lifelong smoker. Oh, well, right. And I think that that has bigger health yeah. impacts than than the weight.
1: Yeah. I remember for a while um, the Atkins diet was huge.
0: Right. Well, and, and to be low carb but high protein. Yeah. yeah. Which no matter what you call it, Atkins or or uh, yeah. South Beach or whatever. Well, yeah.
1: But the thing about Atkins is the guy Atkins, the guy Do- died from his from yes. his eating.
0: <laughs> Dr. Atkins. Yes.
1: <laughs> so, you know. Great, so that, um, so I remember we looked into, like when me and my mom in high school were like looking at like eating well, we looked into Atkins, we looked into Weight Watchers and we realized we didn't wanna do anything so like restrictive. And so we just kind of decided on our own like how we were going to eat. Um, And then when I was in my early 20s, I worked at Apple and we had a musician who was a, a trainer there. He was a musician and trainer during the day. And he he swore by this that he would do this detox every, you know, few months or something. Cause he's a musician so he would indulge in things that weren't great for your body. So he would detox and he'd feel okay about it. And so he, ju- and he was like so convincing. He was just like, you know, he's a rock star. Like you of course listen to a rock star. Cause they're amazing. But they know he knows so much about health. They're really, experts Yes, on it. I know. Well, he's expert on the junk that wasn't, his- he knew he needed the junk out. But um, so he did this. I don't even know what it's called, but he did this detox where he would drink cayenne pepper in water and like lemon juice It was disgusting. It's been around for a long time, Um, but that's what he would do to detox. And so I started looking into it and I read books on it and I was like, oh, this is great. I need to detox. This is what I need to do. And so I wanted to do this and then to start eating healthy. It was kind of like a detox, get all the junk out of my body and then do this. And so I tried this and it is disgusting. I mean, the taste of it was just horrid. And um, I followed everything and i you're supposed to do it for 10 days, I think. I can only get through seven. Say it again what it was. It was it was of pepper, pepper, lemon juice, and water. I think uh, it was uh-huh. just like, it was as bad as it sounds. And that's all you would drink. Like, I think at the beginning you ate vegetables and then you did it. I don't remember how it went. Uh, I could only do it seven days because I was also working at the time. And I was like, basically like passed out at work. It was like horrible. And that was... And it wasn't to lose weight like it was to jumpstart me eating healthy like that into detox like I thought that was a thing. And as I've gotten older and research like that's not a thing like we don't need to do those things. And those are silly and unnecessary um, and uh, unhealthy. So I um, I uh, have not done anything like that since uh, the thing that I do really like is Whole30. People use it as like a a way to lose quick weight, but that was never my intention. My mom was having some medical stuff a few years ago and needed to eat better foods. And so that's when I thought we should do Whole30 together. And that is kind of how that all came about. Whole30 is really about taking out the stuff that's not the best for our bodies and focusing on the food that is. So having a healthy protein, having vegetable and healthy fat at every meal. Like that's what it's about. And that is... That's a great way to eat like that. um, You sort of are are eliminating processed foods, right? Processed foods, sugars, uh, also problematic foods. So dairy, which is perfect because I don't like dairy. And it gave me it finally gave me a reason to say, look, I'm not going to eat dairy. See, it's not one of the best foods for me. And all the things you can get from dairy, you can get from other foods um, that I was eating. And healthy fat. That's something that the American diet has like frowned upon, like, oh, don't eat don't eat that. That's horrible for you. Um, but like eating, is health- bacon a healthy fat? Cause uh, I love bacon. No. Um, it would be a protein, but it's not the best source of protein. Uh, so you can eat bacon a whole 30, but it's not the best source. Um, and you have to be, be careful with the amount you eat just cause you can get more protein from other things. But no, I eat bacon. I eat bacon now with no, like I remember like there was when, when there was that stereotype, bacon's bad for you because of this and this. Yes, I mean, don't eat a ton of anything, but right. um, I don't eat bacon with any any issues now. Um, I eat butter. Butter is a good healthy fat. Mm-hmm. You know, all of that junk that we've been told. I knew like knew Paula Deen was on something. <laughs> oh okay she I uses go a then. lot of butter I, go that far. <laughs> I don't know I would not go that far but um yeah so uh that is how I try to eat um when I'm when I'm being mindful of my eating those that's how I try to eat is healthy fat um vegetable and, and protein you know and not overindulging in anything um, also to cutting out sugar that's part of it which was probably the hardest thing for me when we were doing Whole30. So the concept of Whole30 is you do it for 30 days. And if you do it for 30 days, you can do it for 60. If you can do it for 60. So we were actually were eating Whole30 for um, a whole year where we were just eating like that. And it was great, but I didn't like how much weight I lost. And so that was like my struggle. And, um, and I have a love of sugar. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if that's a thing for other people, but... <laughs> It's a thing for me. (laughs) I really like sugar. So uh, for me, like I have to have like no sugar or like it's hard for me to regulate my sugar. Um, And I learned that with Whole30 is I had kind of had to like detox from sugar for for the 30 days. And then after that, it got easier to not have the sugar. I stopped doing like soft drinks and things like mm-hmm. that years ago. So I went to the dentist the other day and I said, I drink a lot of tea. Is that okay? She's like, sweet tea. I was like, no, unsweet. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, you're fine. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> great. Cause you know, for your teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's a sweet, the sweet that's really bad for your teeth. And I was like, okay, well, you know, yeah. that's not a problem for me. So um, yeah, I pretty much drink water and tea. And, um, and so that, that's not where I'm getting the majority of my sugar. So um, I think it's just a personal thing, like yeah. it's not for us to judge how you eat and what you um, you know those kind of things. like it's not my business. I, I want I want everyone to be healthy. I want everyone to be able to eat eat foods that will give them energy and you know sustain them. but um, it's not my job to to judge people for their choices.
0: But don't you think there's an assumption that people who are bigger are less healthy? I think that's a, a thing yes. in our culture mm-hmm. like that's, I'm, that's not in my imagination
1: right yeah yeah which I think is harmful because first of all I don't think it's the right way to sh- sh- to fat shame someone into eating better if somebody is overweight they probably are aware of it I'm pretty confident they're aware of it right and me shaming them is not going to motivate them to eat better. Good point. Um, So I want them to eat better. Uh, I I mean, I would want them to be healthy. And I don't know if they're healthy or not. That is not my, you know, my, I I can't tell from looking at them.
0: So do you think that emotional eating is the reason that people have gained weight during the pandemic? Do you think it's just this idea that like, there's so much I can't do. I just don't want to be
1: mindful of what I'm eating. I guess there could, it could be to a certain extent, but I also think it's just like, like we just had this huge trauma, this like traumatic experience that has happened where our whole world, everyone's world has changed. And I think it's easier. I know I noticed for me it's easier to eat well and healthy when I was in my normal routine. Like there there were times when I would like go on a trip somewhere and I would – You know, it was easier to eat healthy foods because like when I go on trips or have like big events to do, I get nervous. And so it's easier for me to make good food choices because I'm not like super have a super appetite. So like it would be easier for me to have a salad. Okay, there's no question. Then I'm distracted by other things. So it's easier to make those choices. But with the pandemic, we're just home. There's nothing to do. There's so many things to think about, so many things to be nervous about that. That's the last thing people want to think about is eating he's eating well. Um, so I know that is how it kind of happened for me. And it was, it was kind of gradual. Uh, we were eating pretty healthy at the beginning cause we weren't eating out as much. And so, yeah, same. um, so I think that it wasn't just all of a sudden like, okay, eat all the junk food ever. Right, like it yeah. wasn't that it just kind of gradually got there as time progressed.
0: Yeah. And I will never forget that one of the very first things that became unavailable that I wanted was yeast because I wanted to be able to make bread because I didn't want to have to buy bread and then not, and then the family like not eat it before it went stale or moldy yeah. or whatever. So I'm like, oh, well, I'll just make bread. But no, there was no yeast to be found anywhere. Yeah.
1: There's probably so, plenty of yeast now. Right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so anyway, just the idea that like people were maybe more focused on in the beginning, yeah, were really focused on what they were eating and how they were doing their meal prep and things. Yeah. And then at some point it just was like, yeah, I, I that's another thing I'm not really going to.
1: Well, and at the beginning they were saying we need to stay healthy because we need to have, if we get sick, we need to have, you know, our immunity needs to be Mm -hmm. good or whatever. So, um, so that was something that was in, I think a lot of our, our minds was, and also at the beginning we didn't know how it was passed. We thought it could be passed through food and packages and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, so I think it was like a, like, and now they're saying like, it's not passed through food and it's really unlikely that or even surfaces really. Yeah, so it's like really unlikely like that you would get it from fast food restaurant, like passing you your food in a bag kind of thing. Um, So now we are eating out more. I mean, we're getting takeout more at places um, and feeling so we're back to kind of that.
0: Yeah, I've eaten inside a restaurant now. You said that, yeah, Yeah. in the last episode. Yeah. How many now? I think I'm up to four. Wow. Yeah. How does it feel to eat in a restaurant? The first, for sure, the first time it
1: felt like,
0: I I am really doing something I'm not supposed (laughs) to do. Like, this is so not okay. Well, does it feel like
1: normal now that you've done five? Like, when you eat in a restaurant now, does it feel... I think it's four, but I don't know.
0: It still feels a little bit, like...
1: Odd. uh, Yeah. Yeah. So
0: I still try to, like... If it's... I have only gone to places that were not busy, um, where we could sit, like, in a booth, where we're at least somewhat secluded from other people, but... um, And only where servers wear masks. So, you know... Yeah, it still isn't not. It still is not what it was in January of 2020. So we were talking about. I was talking about how in the pandemic I wanted to buy yeast and I couldn't find any in the store and it was all the. I really there were a couple of times when I was doing grocery shopping in the pandemic um, where I really felt judged for how much I was buying because. Mm. So I have like my family is four, but then especially early on in the pandemic and in, in March and April, we typically had seven people at our dinner table. And so when you have to prepare food for seven people, you got to buy some groceries like this is a lot. And, and because everybody was like sensitive about things are running short, it looked like I was trying to mm. hoard groceries. And at one point, I even had someone who was working the cash register ask me like, how many people are you feeding? And then once I was like, none of your business. No, but I I was like, well, we usually have seven for dinner. And she was like, oh, okay. That, that makes a little bit more sense. And I know that friends who have, um, I have a couple of friends who have five kids in their family. So they were also, you know, preparing for seven and they had similar experiences in the grocery store, but it was nothing new for me because I often feel judged when I'm in the checkout line at the grocery store. What do you mean? Well, like I, I really love to eat cereal, But I will not buy, well, I usually will not buy more than two boxes of cereal in any shopping trip because I don't want to be like that woman who's, oh, there's the overweight lady buying all the cereal. But a lot of times cereal is buy one, get one free. At Mm. which point, what am I going to (laughs) do? I got to have the four boxes of cereal because I'm going to buy the two kinds and they're buy one, get one free. So I got to get the four boxes. What kind is it though? Like all brand? No, no, it's not. It's not healthy cereal. Oh, what kind of cereal? Like children's um, cereal? I like, I like frosted things. So like frosted mini wheats, mm. frosted flakes. I really love Raisin Bran. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I love cereal. Uh, Raisin Bran? Oh, yeah. Raisin Bran is great. Especially now. Remember, I like soggy food. Okay. So <laughs> Or did we talk about that? i think we've talked about this before it's one of the things that i really like about cereal is that it will get soggy oh, okay. i like like oh, soft yeah. and soggy food so <laughs> yeah. um yeah so that's a quote for this episode right <laughs> not just during the pandemic but beyond that like it, it i have felt kind of judged by cashiers mm. at the grocery store and a couple of times you know it'll be like oh there's some new snack out or something. I'm like, oh, that looks good. You know, we'll try it and I'll get up and inevitably they'll be like, oh, I haven't seen this yet. Have you tried? Is it delicious? Is it wonderful? I'm like, I don't know. I've never tried it. But you think they're judging you for having it? Yeah, no, probably. The reality is they're probably just trying to provide good customer service and make small talk. But for whatever reason, I feel judged in that interaction.
1: Because of your size, like you think they are looking at your size and think, "Oh, of course she's had this." Yeah, they're thinking, hmm.
0: "Of course she's an expert on every single food."
1: I'll oh, ask her about it.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, because I've definitely had cashiers ask me like about foods before, and I've never thought that at all. I just thought they were trying to make small talk, which I hate small talk, so <laughs> I hate that conversation. But and you like small talk? But you I don't like, like that. Small talk, but I don't want to talk about my food oh, choices. Oh, interesting. With, with well, that's good to know. Cashier, yeah. You know, something that as you were talking before, we were talking about kind of the nineties look at women, something I've noticed recently within the last few years is kind of the shift to like showing real, real women and ads. Yeah. Um, and I, I've really noticed it and I really appreciate it because I'm a real freaking woman and like, I don't think we need to show women as like this one type and we come in all shapes and sizes and and colors and colors and, you know, no makeup, some makeup, what, you know, come as you are kind of thing. And I've really, really appreciate that. So I'm curious, like, what are your thoughts with with the new ads? Yeah, I love it, too.
0: And I I also love when when companies expand their size ranges so that mm-hmm. it's available to more women. But I did have an interaction one time with a woman who was um, a little bit older than me. Well, she's probably 20 years older. Um, uh, and I, she said kind of out of the blue, like, I'm so frustrated with this, with these new ads that, that say they want to represent real women. Now she was very thin and had been thin her whole life. Right. I'm really frustrated with these ads. They just glorify obesity. I'm like, mm-hmm. I really don't think that's what's happening. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's interesting. I've heard that too, from people, um, yeah. that where they don't like the ads cause they think it like it glorifies it or justifies it or makes it okay. And I'm like, Why would we want, why would we want to judge people in ads? And that's what ads have been for years is just putting on this one type. Mm -hmm. Like this is the stereotype that you need to achieve. Like, I mean, Barbie, look, I mean, right. Well, (laughs) what you're supposed to achieve.
0: It's like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. But I think that for a certain group of folks, I started to say generation, but maybe that's unfair that for a certain group of folks, there is that idea that that particular body image equals healthy and anything outside of that particular body image whether it's too heavy or too skinny is unhealthy and so they have like this this one thing is healthy and i don't think that that is accurate
1: yeah i don't know i don't know what it is like i really appreciate those kind of ads um and i think it's important to i think it's important for people to love themselves who at whatever size they are and if they want to make a change for their health, that's on them, but that's not on us to tell them in ads. Like that, I guess my point is like, you know, if you're shaming women, like if you're trying to sell deodorant and you're shaming women into, you must be pencil thin in order to wear our deodorant. What? Right. That's not the place that you're going to be encouraging women to, you know, be healthier if that's a, you know, concern in their life. I'm like, yeah, I think I'm all for, more sizes of women, more, um, shades of women, more, um, different cultures. Like actually Disney recently changed their Disney look, which is like every employee has to like, can't have tattoos and certain things. Like I, there's a whole book on it. I remember when I was an employee, um, and they've recently changed it where you can now show tattoos. You can have more, um, hairstyles, like men can have, um, afros and like, new thing it's like i mean it's kind of like wow it took this long right but um but i love that i think that's so important that we gotta have we can't just stick with the stereotype of this is this is the right way
0: yeah and what i really want is i want to separate body size and health
1: Mm. right because
0: Mm. i think that it's an unhealthy assumption that to be what what someone might perceive as too thin. Or too heavy that that automatically means you're unhealthy.
1: And what are people? I guess what are people afraid of seeing real women of all sizes in ads? Do they think a young girl is going to see this ad and be like, "Oh my gosh, she's overweight. I want to be overweight. I'm just gonna like do you? Do they think is that why they don't like seeing those ads? Like I don't know. Like do I they think
0: they think oh being overweight automatically means you're unhealthy? This is going to tell people it's okay to be unhealthy, which is why I want to separate the two concepts. Yeah. And I, and I really do think that we should be about health. Yeah. I think that it's good to be healthy. I don't think that we automatically know if someone is healthy based on the shape of their body.
1: Yeah. So how do we do that? How do we separate that?
0: Well, I think that the marketing campaigns that show real women in ads are a good start at that because I think that it does prompt people to talk about, you know, oh yeah, well, why have we always had just the one shape or why have we always just had airbrushed people or why, you know, What is that? What is that about and how and then furthering the conversation by asking, well, what do I think is healthy? Like, how do I know if I'm healthy?
1: I I guess the concept that you're talking about is like, you know, separating health and weight. But I'm curious and I don't know this because we both see the ads the same way. We like the ads. When people see those ads, do they not like seeing um, larger women because they think they're unhealthy or do they just not want to see larger women? Do they just not like the aesthetic? Like, is that their problem? Is it that they think those women are unhealthy? And that's. Well, the,
0: the woman who I was talking about, who who, who complained about the ads yeah. and was like, Oh, they're glorifying obesity. That was her mm. argument Okay, that, you know, these you're women so- are not healthy. Why do we, I don't want to see an unhealthy person. And why are we glorifying their, why are they, why are we glorifying yeah. them when they're so clearly unhealthy? And it's like, th- that just isn't true. You're just, you're making an assumption that is not, automatically true the way that you think it is
1: well and it's so ignorant to say oh these women are unhealthy look at show me 10 models are they healthy like and how do you know they're healthy like that's like how do you know if someone's healthy i mean it's just so strange to me that that's the that that's argument it's like well they're overweight so they're unhealthy you have no idea well i think it's in the news all the time right if you're you're skinny you're skinny You must be healthy. Well, no, I have cancer and I'm dying. Right. (laughs) Which is why I don't like that we even bring up weight to somebody without being like, it's like if someone looks pregnant, don't bring it up until they say about their baby. But I think that that we
0: hear it all the time. Like, oh, yeah, type two diabetes is because people are overweight and diabetes is a terrible health condition, which it is. I'm overweight. And actually, both of my parents before my dad passed away and my mom, who's still with us, they both have diabetes. I have a pretty high risk of getting diabetes. My doctor says it's okay right now. Okay. Then it's okay right now. Right. Um, but my point was just that we, I think we hear it in the news all the time. Like, oh yeah, if you are a certain body size, you are automatically unhealthy. You're going to get diabetes. Mm -hmm. You're going to have cardiac arrest. You're going to, you know, and, and I can just, I will say that having been in the hospital these, these few months, it's like, People of all shapes and sizes die every day.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's true, actually, as you're talking about that, when it was um, the beginning of COVID, like that was one of the risk factors is being overweight. And right, it wasn't that it wasn't saying it was just pure. If you're overweight, you have a risk factor for COVID. Um, and so, yeah, that that does go into the that yes. that vision of, OK, overweight people are unhealthy because they're more at risk for for COVID. Right. And I feel like it is changing. I feel like there is like a with the ads and things like that. I do think there is a change. Um, But um, yeah, I think we definitely have a ways to go.
0: Yeah. Well, I think if people really think that changes need to happen, you know, shaming people into change is never the best way to go. We have so much fun making this podcast and we've heard from some of you that you're wondering what is the best way to support us. So we've decided to expand the podcast experience using buymeacoffee.com. You can go there and buy us a cup of coffee or for Steph, a cup of tea, or you can actually become a monthly supporter and that will give you access to PDFs of the questions for reflection as well as pictures, outtakes, polls, and more.
1: The kinds of things that we would put on social media if we had a social media channel, but we actually don't for the podcast because we decided from the beginning that we didn't want to add to more white noise in your life. So one of the great things about Buy Me A Coffee is that you'll be able to actually get an email when we post new content. You can go straight there and you don't have to deal with ads or being bombarded with other content. You see exactly the content you're looking for without a bunch of distractions. We plan to post probably like once or twice a week. And we're excited to get your feedback as members on our Buy Me a Coffee page, which we are lovingly calling our BMAC page. BMAC. BMAC. Uh, So you'll be able to find a link in our description to find out more and to sign up. Well, Pastor Beth, I wanted to, to, since this is a audio podcast, people can't actually see what's happening right now. But I wanted people to know that I offered you some liquid death today. And you've been it's drinking. pretty delicious. You've been drinking liquid death during this whole podcast. Yeah, we
0: cr- each cracked one open and we've been enjoying them for the whole podcast. I really think. I love the combination of pastor drinking liquid death. Yes, I think that's with really, the skull on it and everything. Yes. And I think liquid death, folks, if you're listening, we would welcome a sponsorship from you. <laughs> we are your we are your ideal audience because this is incredible. Uh, it definitely murdered my thirst. Yes and i'm just all about it i'm so glad that you introduced me to this we're gonna have to put a picture of this on our bmac page we'll put a
1: picture of this on our bmac page should we tell them what it is or no we'll just leave them hanging we won't tell you what it is it's a very tall can it's like a tall boy it looks
0: like a a what tall boy isn't that what they're called when you drink a tall beer i don't know
1: yeah i don't know I think it's a. it looks like to me it looks like an energy drink like a a monster or whatever but no it's just liquid death it's not an energy drink. Well, I guess it could give you energy. I think it's an energy drink? It could. Once cracked open, no
0: thirst is safe from liquid death. Uh, After recycle. ritually dismembering its thirst victims, this brutal can of water used the severed Uh-oh, body parts <laughs> Oh
1: no. <laughs> it's okay. It's water. I can't get away. <laughs> it's water from the Alps. And their whole thing is death to plastic. It's in a um it's in a can, like a metal aluminum can. So uh it this was hilarious it's hilarious and it just tastes like nothing it tastes like water which is like perfect they also make a sparkling version that i have as well Gross. i know not, uh, <laughs> it, not everybody likes sparkling water actually most people don't i love sparkling water so i, I like that my one. water without gas thank you yeah i do like gassy water um and it's just great i got it from whole foods and i'm gonna just keep getting it because it's amazing yeah, i'm gonna go buy
0: some because yeah. i think it's awesome
1: okay beth do you have any f- um news for me i
0: do i do i I have a news story for you that actually introduced me to two concepts that were new to me recently in the village of stolton in worcestershire england which that's a place by the way not just a sauce um a guinness world record pet was stolen a greyhound not a greyhound actually a rabbit Darius, who won the Guinness World Record for the longest living rabbit in 2010, now longest living—they don't mean like the oldest; they mean like he's the longest rabbit. Oh, who is living? Oh, uh. <laughs> he's very large. He's mm. like he's like probably the size of Macintosh. <gasps> like whoa, this is a big rabbit. Not t- not terrifying. as tall, obviously, because yeah. you know rabbits have short little legs. <laughs> um, but Darius has been stolen, oh. and his owner Annette is pretty desperate to get him back. She's offered a 2000 pound reward. And also she wants everyone to know that he's beyond the breeding age. She's already bred him. And actually he's probably going to lose his status as the longest rabbit who is living uh, because his offspring are proving to be even longer. What breed of rabbit is it? I don't know.
1: Wow. And what it was, does the rabbit live outside? Like how was it stolen? Yeah. It lives in her garden. Uh, which also i was
0: like i thought people didn't like rabbits in their garden i thought that was the whole premise of peter rabbit um but we could put a picture in the show notes
1: but oh uh, quite a large animal oh my gosh lots of fur wow. oh my gosh so much fur that was good um and i want to remind uh listeners if you are enjoying the podcast to rate and review the podcast uh I think- and subscribe Subscribe to the podcast. Yeah, Yeah. you can do that too. Yeah. So there's like a subscribe button. And then if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, there is like uh, five stars. Just hit that fifth star and then you've rated. And if you want to go even further, you can review right below. You can write like a little review and um, that helps other people find the podcast. And I want to share one
0: other thing. um, And I forgot to mention to this, this to you, actually, when we were planning and before we started recording. But as we are recording this, I am on the seven year anniversary of when I started my blog. Woo-hoo! So, in terms of blogging, I'm like a great grandmother at wow. this point because seven <laughs> years is a long time. Um, so, I just want to invite you to check out bethdemi.com dot com um, because not only do I promote the podcast there, but I have um, devotionals and Bible studies and things that you might find interesting. So, visit me at BethDemi.
1: dot com. At the end of each episode, we end with questions for reflection. These are questions based on today's show that Beth will read and leave a little pause for you to answer them, or you can find a PDF of them on our Buy Me A Coffee page. Number one, have
0: you ever struggled with your weight? Number two, have you noticed a change in your eating patterns during the pandemic? How do you feel about that? Number three, do you tend to judge or evaluate people based on their size? Why? And number four, how do you feel about the marketing shift to show, quote,
1: real women? This has been the Discovering Our Scars podcast. Thank you for joining us.